copyrighted program transcribed and dedicated to the prevention of crime. Calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 231 at 2327 Santa Monica Boulevard to investigate the trouble. That is all. Lord. by a desire for unlawful gain or greed. Often crime has its beginning in minds filled, rightly or wrongly, with anger or conflicting passions stemming out of actual or fancied wrongs from which the person possessing that mind suffers. Crimes of this type are always cunning ones and give the investigating officers no end of trouble before their solution. It requires keen-eyed and keen-minded investigators to uncover the motive for the felony without which there can be no crime. The story you will hear in a few moments is of this type. Its solution required the combined efforts of several law enforcement agencies. Had these agencies failed to work in unison, marshalling their combined efforts toward solving the mystery, there might very well have been a failure of justice and a dangerous man free to prey on society. Ladies and gentlemen, the story of the pattering parrot. Exactly 21 years ago, 12 men and women took their places in the jury box of the Superior Court of the County of Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, as Deputy District Attorney of this county, it is my duty to prosecute those cases brought before the court. You will hear many witnesses who will tell you the things they have seen in the investigation of this case. You will hear the defense attempt to prove that the crime which we charge has been committed was never committed. Let us forget sentiment and figures of speech and get down to cold, hard facts. The defendant in this case 
has murdered a woman and a boy in cold blood in order that the lives of the men and women of this community may be safe. It is your duty to see that the crimes of the Sony has committed shall cease. Your Honor, I submit that the district attorney has no right to make his closing address to the jury as his opening speech. Let him simply state what he intends and what he hopes to prove. Objection sustained. Faithful college witnesses. Lillian Francis. Lillian Francis. Raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear the testimony you are about to give in this case is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Take your stand, please. Miss Francis, where do you live? At 2327 Santa Monica Boulevard, Santa Monica. Is that the home of Lafayette Stanton? Yes, sir. Now, Miss Francis, I want you to tell in your own words exactly what happened at that address on or about the morning of October 18th last year. Well, I've known Mrs. Fenton for several years. I've been living there with her about two years. On Tuesday morning, that was the 18th, I went to the out to the barn and see what's happened to the horse. Something wrong with him? Well, I don't know. The old man said he cut himself over the eye. I'm going to put some peroxide on it. You didn't get much sleep last night, did you? No, not much. That old badger kept me awake most of the night arguing about things. Well, what is it this time? Oh, somebody told him that I've been writing to George again, and he's raising the roof. What's he going to do about it? Search me. I told him if he didn't like the way things are going around here, he knows what he can do. What'd he say to that? What could he say? I've got him where I want him. You going to keep on living with him? Sure, why not? I'm married to him. We've got to have some place to stay. We can't wander around the streets. What does he think he is around here? Search me. After he left the last time, I refused to put up with any more of his abuse. But he came back and put up such a pitiful story. I had to. No, you didn't. Oh, well, I couldn't stand by and see him turned out of his home. After all, he does own the place. You going out when you get through doctoring the horse? Yeah, I think I'll run downtown and see that man about the theater he wants me to buy. <laughs> what are you going to use for money? Well, I may find some way of raising it. Oh, by the way, where's the parrot? Haven't seen her for a couple of days. Oh, she got on Benton's nerves. She talks too much. Put her out in the barn. Well, keep an eye on things till I get back, will you? Sure. Where's the boy? Raymond, oh, he's waiting for me down at the barn. Well, hurry back. I'll be back about noon. Now, Miss Francis, did Mrs. Benton return by noon? No, sir. I never saw her again. That's all, Miss Francis. Your witness? Your Honor, the defense would like to reserve the right to call this witness later. Very well. I'll call your next witness. Captain Austin. W.A. Carson. Raise your right hand. Can you tell me where the testimony you are about to give in this case is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Be seated. Captain Austin, you are an investigator for the district attorney's office? Yes, sir. And you were such an investigator during and subsequent to October 17th last year. I was. Do you know the defendant in this case, Lafayette Benton? I do. When did you first meet him? About 12.35 in the afternoon of October 21st. Hmm. Where? In the district attorney's office. Relate what happened from the time you met the defendant until the time when you last saw him on that day. Well, as I said, I have been called to the district attorney's office. Oh, come in, Austin. You know these people, I believe. Oh, yes, yes. How do you do? How are you? I don't know whether you know this man or not. This is Mr. Benton. How do you do? Howdy. Mr. Benton tells us he's just killed his wife and stepson. Mm, that's so? Yes. That's true. When did all this happen? Wednesday. 
Well, this is Saturday. Hmm. Why did you wait so long to tell us? His attorney brought him over here, Austin. Seems the old fellow decided to tell him about it, and the lawyer thought we ought to know about it. Well, it's a grain of wisdom in that. You'd better take Mr. Bettman and run out to his place and look things over. All right, I'm sorry. I'll phone the Santa Monica police to have some of their men meet you down there. All right. We'll drive right down. Want to go along with us, Miss Benton? Sure. Why not? Oh, Austin. Clark phoned me you were on your way down. How are you, Webb? You know Mr. Benton, don't you? This is Lieutenant Webb, Mr. Benton. How is he? Yeah, sir. I've seen Mr. Benton a time or two. Uh, who's with you on this case? Chief Ferguson's in the house. Assistant Chief Holt's out in the orchard looking around. Bob Gillis is somewhere around here, and there's a couple of newspaper boys in the house, too. Mr. Benton, where did this big affair of yours come off, anyway? Come on, I'll show you. Right out here in the walnut grove, back of the barn. Oh, go ahead, Dad. We'll be with you in a minute. Oh, all right. What do you think of this, Captain? Well, you've got me. He's told me the wildest tale I've ever heard a man tell, but it's so loose and straightforward, I can't help but believe Come it. Come on, you two. I can't be wasting time around here. Oh, coming, Dad. Right there, the place. There's where I killed him. Where? Right where you were standing. Not kidding us, are you, Dad? No, Dad. Burn it. I'm going to tell you the truth. I killed them both. Burnt them on that fire. You mean to say you killed your wife and stepson and burned their bodies on that little place? Dad, burn right, I did. I don't believe it. Oh, you don't, eh? Well, I'll tell you how I did it. I come out here in the early morning. It was Wednesday. I had a lot of stuff I had to burn. Tree prunings and stuff. So I got the fire started. And all of a sudden, I seen her coming through that hole in the tent. Dad never. I'm getting fed up with her nagging. Always a wanting me to do something. Never satisfied with what I give her. Always a gallivant around her and that big stand up and bellow for buttermilk son of hers. I'm sick of feeding that young one. Well, you finally got around to cleaning this place up, did you? I ain't a going to answer. She ain't a going to start no fight with me today. She gave me enough yakking last night. Hey, I'm talking to you. I ain't a going to take no more off her, though. Well, that son of hers neither. They can't run over me. I'm going to get rid of her some way. You watch. Oh, so you're stoking again, are you? Just hitting me on, that's what. Just to try to get me to say something that'll start a fight. Oh, it won't do you no good to stoke, you old fossil. Well, go on. I've been watching you for a death. long time. Just like that blasted parody on you. Always a screeching your lungs out. You ain't going to get me to say nothing to you. I said all I'm going to say to you. I'm getting out of here. And you ain't going to stop me. You ain't that son of yours neither. I can find a way to keep you from it. I know what's the matter with you. I know all about that young wealth you've been running around with. Writing letters, too, behind my back. You ain't to put no job over on me. Shut up! What did you say? You hear what I said? I told you to shut up! Why, you petrified old weasel. You talk to me that way. I'll fix you. Raymond! Hey! Raymond! What you calling your brat out here for? You soon find out. Raymond! Hey, where'd you get that knife? Put it down. Put that knife down. Now keep away from me. I'll hit you. Help! Help! Don't kill me. What are you doing to mine? Get away from her. I'll kill you. Keep away from me, Raymond. Don't come near me with that axe handle. Keep away. I'll hit you. 
enough to come at me. I told you not to. I told you I'd hit you. Irene. Irene. Oh, Lord. She's dead. They're both dead. Oh, I've got to do something with them. I can't leave them here. The fire's getting low. Gotta pick up some limbs. I keep the fire going. Gotta clean up the orchard. Gotta burn. Burn. Fire. Fire. That's it. Fire. The fire. Burn. 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 That's the way I, I done it. I burned him right there in that spot. Oh, Dad, who are you trying to kid? Why, everybody in Santa Monica would have been out here if you'd done a thing like that. They'd all have seen the smoke. Nope. It was foggy that day. Yeah, that's right. It was foggy all day Wednesday. Yeah, just like this today. Well, let's take a look at these ashes. We'll soon find out if there's any truth to your story. Uh, you'll find out, all right. the ash pile but found little beyond charred wood. Feeling that the old man was suffering hallucinations, but nevertheless not intending to overlook any information, Captain Austin, Lieutenant Webb, and the other officers searched the ranch thoroughly. What do you think about this case, Webb? I think we're wasting our time. Oh. I don't think the old man killed anybody. Well, how do you figure? Well, I've talked to 15 or 20 people who knew the old man and his wife. True, they fought like cats and dogs and even left her a couple of times. But on the other hand, from things I've learned from these people I've talked to, I'm of the opinion that he'll make a reality out of anything that's suggested to him. You mean this murder might be purely mental? Exactly. Well, that's an angle, all right. You've noticed how he changes his story every time you or I make suggestions to him, haven't you? Yes. Huh. What's that? I don't know. It came from this barn, do you? Well, let's take a look. Got a right place? Yeah, right here. Oh. Looks like the fastener's new on the door. It's a parrot. Yes, yeah, a parrot. I remember now that Francis girl said Mrs. Benton put the bird out here because it got on the old man's nerves. Oh, for the love of my... What's the matter, Webb? Getting jumpy? I can understand how that thing must have gotten on the old man's nerves. Webb, Webb, wait a minute. What is it? Did you hear that? You think I'm deaf? No, no, I mean, did you get what that bird said? <coughs> Listen. In the barn? Yes, that's here. Oh, I get it now. Don't you see? If Fenton killed his wife in the orchard, that's 150 feet from here, this parrot wouldn't have heard it. You're right. And this bird's saying the same thing that Fenton said his wife said, except about the barn. That's it. Hey, maybe he's telling the truth after all. At least part of it. Well, I've got a hunch you're right. Tomorrow we'll go over it with a fine tooth comb. We'll find out if this is a murder or not. I'll get After you left the barn that night, that was Saturday night, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Saturday the 21st of October. Now, after you left the ranch Saturday night, when did you next visit the scene of the crime? I object. There's been nothing offered in evidence to show that a crime has been committed. I beg to differ with counsel. We have the statement of the defendant himself. 
Lassie had mentioned that he killed his wife and stepson. You have nothing but the incoherent babblings of a deranged mind. You have nothing but hearsay testimony. Objection for saying. Captain Austin, when next did you return to the ranch at 26 from Santa Monica Boulevard? About 9 o'clock the following morning. Sunday? Yes, sir. And what did you find? Well, I went back and searched in the place where the fire was. Lieutenant West was with me. We began searching the I'm beginning to believe Manson's story. Part of it, anyway. So am I. Hey, look. What is it? Austin, here's thing we've overlooked. This is a bone. Sure? Positive. I've examined an awful lot of bones, and these aren't pieces of wood. Well, there's nothing to do but sift these ashes till we get all those pieces out of them. I've got another idea. Let's take a look at that barn. I still think we've got a murder. At least I'd rather investigate it in the daytime like we're doing. Fed up with that parrot. Well, I could do without it myself. Talkative bird, isn't it? Yes, fortunately. Fortunately? Well, that bird didn't make that uh, help phrase up. Parrots know we repeat what they hear. That bird heard somebody say those words. Benton told us his wife screamed for the boy when he hit her. Yes, but he didn't say anything about the barn. Now, look, you take that stall and I'll take this one. Let's see what we can find. Uh. Lots of beet sand in here on the floor. Beet sand? Yeah, it looks fresh. Well, that's funny. Nothing in this stall but a board floor and a lot of straw. Hey, Austin, come here. What's up? Yeah. Look at that. Blood. That's what I'd call it. What a love of mine. Look at that, all over the walls. Look at that floor. Here, where I scraped the straw back. Let's dig up some of the sand. Yeah. There it is. Yep, you're right. There's blood, all right. Sand soaked for at least six inches. I tell you what, Webb. You take this sand and the bones we found and get them analyzed. I'll get back to town and have a talk with old man. Thank you. I came back and had another talk with the defendant. And did you find the sand to contain blood? Well, that was the report given to me. And was this blood human blood? The defense objects to the inference that the sand contained human blood. Moreover, any testimony Captain Austin might give on the subject would be hearsay testimony. Further, there is nothing in evidence to show that even if this sand does contain human blood, that it belonged or came from the body of Irene Benton. Objection overruled. You may answer the question. The report given to me shows the blood to be human blood. That is all. You may cross-examine. Captain Austin, who else worked with you on this case? Mr. Stone at the fair, Charlie Green at the attorney's office, John Blackburn, a reporter on one of the papers, Chief Ferguson, and his men from Santa Monica, especially Lieutenant West, Captain Hunter from the DA's office, and lots of others. And you didn't find all the exhibits in this case yourself? Oh, I didn't say I did. The other officers found the buttons from the sweater, which had been introduced as evidence. They also found the additional exhibit of bones found in the small room back of the house the blood-stained overalls, and many of the others. Captain, you're the last witness for the prosecution, aren't you? I don't know, sir. He is. Thank you. Now, Captain, after you came back from inspecting that salon, after you uh, developed this new theory of yours, did you have a talk with Leif Benton? Yes, sir. Did you tell him you had found evidence that his wife had been killed in the barn? Yes, sir. And uh, what did he say to that? Well, when I got back... I went up to the jail and saw that. Well, Dad, we've been looking uh, your place over again. Did you find him? Find what? Why, 
Irene and the boy. Have they come home? Come home? I thought you killed them. Did I? Well, didn't you? I, I don't know. I may have. I've been awful busy lately. I, I ain't had time to find out. Are you trying to kid me, Dad? No, I've really been busy. You see, I had to prune the orchard, then I had to whitewash the barn and chicken coops and things, and I had to put the sand in the stalls for the horse and keep the place cleaned up. Did you put the sand in the stalls, Dad? Well, sure I did. I did all the work around the place. Did you nail the boards on the fence? Sure. Now, was that before or after you killed your wife? Did I really kill her? Oh, now, we're not going into that again. You came in here and told us that you had been attacked by your wife. That you were afraid she was going to kill you. That you knocked her down, killed her, and burned her body on the bonfire. Now you're trying to tell me that you don't know anything about it. Now make up your mind. Yeah, I'll have to do that, won't I? Well, let me see now. It seems to me, last time I seen the boy, he was going to school in the car. And I went out to pick some walnuts. The crops are fine this year. Yes, fine. Why, says just last week I got a whole bushel of one tree. And they ain't but nine years old. Now, back in Indiana, we used to raise the finest corn you ever saw. Grew as high as your head, maybe higher. Then, when I got out here, I met this fellow, and he told me I could get a good bargain in a, in a little place out in Arcadia. Say, I'm awful sleepy. Do you mind if I go to bed now? No, I suppose it doesn't make much difference what you do. Well, I didn't talk to him after that. That's all, Captain. Thank you. The people read. May proceed, Mr. Temple. If it pleases the court and gentlemen of the jury, the defense in this case is first, Irene Fenton was not murdered on October 18, 1916, nor at any other time or place by Lafayette Benson, the defendant. Secondly, that when he said he killed his wife and stepson, he was as crazy as a bat. That gentleman is our defense. Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to recall William Francis. William Francis. You've, uh... Already been sworn, haven't you, Miss Francis? I have. Miss Francis, you've heard the testimony of the other witnesses in the case, haven't you? I'm not deaf, you know. Yes, I, I know. You've heard many things, haven't you, Miss Francis? More or less. Now, Miss Francis, you were home at the Benton Ranch the night Mrs. Benton disappeared, weren't you? Yes. And on the afternoon, Wednesday afternoon? Yes. Did you notice any smoke or smell any disagreeable odor? Objected to is calling for a conclusion of the witness. Sustained. Did you notice any smoke? Yes, sir. About how high? I couldn't say. Hmm, was it as much as a hundred feet? I couldn't say. Two hundred? Object to the ass and answers. She said she couldn't say. Sustained. Miss Francis, did you ever mail any letters for Mrs. Benton? Oh, uh, well, yes, a few. Do you recognize the handwriting on that letter? Yes. Yes, it's Mrs. Benton's writing. You're sure of that? Yes, I'm sure. When did you see this letter before? I mailed it from Mrs. Benton about a week before she was killed. I moved the last part of that answer be stricken from the record. It has not been proved that anyone was killed. It shall be stricken. At this time, I request that this letter be entered in evidence. What is the purpose of introducing this letter? I'll show that by my next question. Now, Miss Francis, 
Do you know whether or not that letter was ever seen by Mr. Benton? Yes, sir. I saw it about a week before Mrs. Benton uh, went away. Did you see him read it? Yes, sir. Do you know if Mrs. Benton knew that he had seen it? Yes, sir. She told me that he talked to her about it. Will you give that conversation, please? Well, this was about a week before she, before she disappeared. She came into my room one morning just before I got up. Someday I'm going to kill that old fool. Oh, what is it this time? Oh, the old sap went down to that attorney of his and had them start investigating me. Investigating you? Sure. He found out I didn't tell him how many times I'd been married. He found out about George. Well, how'd he do that? Some guy who knew George, used to work with him at the mine, knew this lawyer. He told him about George getting letters from a woman in Santa Monica. He took a long chance, got the letters, and there you are. You mean there you are? So what are you going to do? If they think they're going to do this to me, they're crazy. What do you think I put up with that crazy old bat all these months for? I'll show him. He won't get away with this. Where is he now? He's out in the barn feeding the horse. I'm going out there and have it out with him. When I get through with him, he'll wish he never... He kept coming back every few minutes all afternoon and asking about it, but, but I never saw her again. That's all, Miss Francis. The defense rests, Your Honor. Demanding the death penalty, the prosecution made its closing address to the jury. But let's forget sentences, figures of speech, and get down to cold, hard facts. This man has killed a woman and a boy in cold blood. In order that the lives of those who live in this community may be safe, it is your duty to demand the life of this man. You have a duty you cannot avoid. You must send this man to the gallows. If it please the court, gentlemen of the jury, Jim's of oratory have been flung at you this afternoon. You have been ably addressed by the prosecution. Now, I am not an orator, as my opponent is. I can speak only in plain, blunt terms. Gentlemen of the jury, I want you to save Leif Benton. I want you to save him for his friends. If California doesn't want this old madman, then give him back to us so we can take him back to his old home, Indiana, where we love him where we came to love him before the death of his beloved first wife unseated his reason. From that time, we knew late Benton was as mad as a hatter. It was no surprise to us that he came to such a plight as this. Now, all we ask, all we simple folk of Indiana ask, is that you give him to us so he can stroll again by the little old stream where he fished for bullheads. So he can walk again in the village street where all who knew him can slap him on the back and say, Howdy, old fellow. How's crops out your way? Ladies and gentlemen, he is not a murderer. We know, all of us know, that there is not the slightest stain upon the heart of this poor, mad old man. Thank you.
case you have just heard contains many strange elements. But one of the most curious of these elements is the fact that the corpus selecti, the dead body, was not found. However, there never was any doubt in the minds of the jurors that Benton had killed his wife and stepson. So the jury found him insane. Benton is now confined in the state hospital for the insane. No, crime does not pay.